You're listening to the Golf Science Lab, where we're bringing to light important research and concepts you need to understand to improve your learning and performance. Hey, I'm your host, Cordy Walker. Welcome back. I hope that you're doing really well. And uh, let's be honest, we all crave more distance. I don't hit it short necessarily, but I've always felt like I do, and I've always felt the need to hit it farther, and I'm sure you relate. Uh, and unless you're like our past guest, Justin James, who literally hits it farther than anyone else on the planet, then uh, that whole idea of I must have more distance to play better golf, that might have flashed through your mind every now and then. And there are lots of ways to do it. We've heard a lot of different ideas on the podcast or virtual summits, uh, fitness, right? We know we need to work on this. I know I do. My body definitely not 100% where it needs to be to hit it farther. Uh, Technique, lots of great ideas on this to increase distance. Club tech, getting fit, optimizing launch conditions. Those are definitely some things to look at. But what about specific training methods? Well, lately this company, Superspeed, has been making some really big inroads with coaches and PGA Tour players. If you watch their Instagram or Twitter, you'll see that everyone from Paul Casey to Patrick Reed to Phil Mickelson is using them now. And I want to know why it's working. Why are they seeing results and what's going on here? So that's what we're talking about today. But before we get into this episode, quick word from our sponsor, Body Track. In this episode, we're actually talking a lot about the ground and the changes that happen in the ground. And uh, first off, Body Track helps measure what's going on between the golfer and the ground. We'll talk about that and we'll see how that plays out and specifically how you measure that and then train some of these concepts that we're talking about today with Body Track. And I also think that they have some of the best education on the market. They have this fantastic certification, this course with Dr. Sasha McKenzie and Mark Blackburn. They walk through every aspect that you need to understand of what's going on between the golfer and the ground. It's kind of this step-by-step course. They're short videos, really well done. You can actually get a better grasp of what's going on there in a really simple, practical way and have a plan going forward of how, whether you're a coach, you can teach this and get that to your students better. Make sure to check it out, golfsciencelab.com slash bodytrack. Use the coupon code golfsciencelab. They have given us an awesome discount. Really appreciate them doing that. So make sure to use the code golfsciencelab. That's what helps support us on the podcast here, and you will get some amazing education along the way. All right, let's kick this off with what the heck super speed is and what the training looks like. Superspeed is an overspeed training system, which basically is made up of using these clubs that have weights on the end. And for each person, you're going to have three clubs. So for your men's set, you've got the green, which is going to be the lightest, which is 20% lighter than an average driver. Then you're going to move up to the blue, which is 10% lighter. And then you'll swing with the red one, which is 5% heavier. Now, the key to overspeed training is even though that heaviest club is heavier because you swung the lighter instruments before you'll still average a faster club head speed swinging that heavier club once you go through all the different protocols with super speed we incorporate a few different drills like kneeling a step drill and also reverse side training swinging both sides so dominant swings and non-dominant swings now all of these drills work on specific things but all in all the main goal is just to be able to increase your club head speed. And after about eight weeks, we're seeing an average of three to six miles per hour increase. So we kind of blew the lead of the story there. After eight weeks, we see an average of three to six miles per hour increase. So yeah, it's working. Club head speeds are increasing. But the question is why? 
and how. And so that's what we're looking at with our guest, Daisy May Kenny. I came out here to America on a golf scholarship and um, I graduated with, uh, with a degree in exercise science, uh, started the research and um, just finishing up right now. I'm about to finish up my master's. So yeah, pretty much I specialize in golf fitness and biomechanics and I've worked with a couple of players um, to help them prevent injuries and help optimize their swing so that they can hit the ball further. So Daisy May is doing a study looking at what's happening after people go through that eight-week super speed protocol that she told us about at the start of this episode. Just looking at pre and post testing, they come in for testing to the lab, they get a full 3D analysis and also body track data as well. And then I send them home for eight weeks with a set of sticks and they have to perform the protocol three days a week. And then they come back into the lab after eight weeks and we retest them and see what the effects have been. What kind of golfers do you have coming in for this testing? So I didn't want to just use elite golfers because my previous studies, I just use, you know, elite golfers. This time I wanted to get a wider variety of players. So I actually got the only contingency to be able to participate was that your handicap had to be less than or equal to 15. So I have a couple of 12, 14 handicappers and then I have, you know, a scratch handicapper, a two handicapper. So I've got quite a nice variety of subjects. One of the main things as well was that they had to be less than an age of 55 because I didn't want aging to have a counter effect on it. A couple of subjects have already been through data reduction and we have seen speed increases. And we believe that the main reason for this is obviously the overspeed training in itself with the force velocity curve taken into consideration. If you reduce that force or if you reduce the weight, you're actually going to be able to increase your velocity naturally. Now, what that does is it helps the brain to send these signals to the muscles faster. So then you get faster muscle activation and you're just naturally moving faster. There's a few things that come into this with regards to the drills. And one of the things that we've been seeing is an increase in center of pressure velocity. So this is something, a really good feature that you can measure using the body track pressure and force map. And its center of pressure is going to be your average location of applied vertical force. And the center of pressure velocity is simply the rate at which that pressure is exchanged. So if you imagine swinging to the top of your backswing, you load that pressure into that right side. And then it's how quickly you transfer it back to that lead leg. That's correlated with club head speed. And we're seeing um, some increases in that using super speed. So we're going to talk more about what's changing while people are increasing their club head speeds when using super speed. But before that, and we before we look at some of those changes, I want to get a little story, a little example from Daisy about some of the changes that you're able to make when you focus on what we're talking about, which is what's going on between the golfer and the ground and why she talks so much about this and, and kind of focuses on this. It's a great story and example. I honestly believe that everything that you do is reflected in the ground. And it can be changed from the ground up instead of up down, you know. So definitely more interested in the ground mechanics part of it. What is most interesting to you right now with ground mechanics or what what parts of that are you most interested in or are you studying currently? So I'm looking at how to increase that lead leg force and some drills that help with that. Because, you know, the recent research shows that that's how we can even make our club head speed increase even more so i'm looking at drills and ways to increase that lead leg force and the timing of it too and also 
I love to experiment with pressure traces in relation to shot shaping. So something that's, you know, really cool, if you think about it, to hit a draw, you would naturally start the swing pushing off your left toe so that the weight, or sorry, the pressure went back to your right heel. And then on the downswing, you'd go back again, right heel to left toe, and that will drop the club underneath and you'll be able to play a draw as long as you turn your hands. So I just think that it's really awesome how how far technology's come and how we can learn how to shot shape just by changing the pattern of how we press into the ground with our toes and our heels. Kind of takes a lot of the complicated things away from getting your hands here, getting your elbow tucked in here and moving this way. It takes all that away and you just have to think about one thing, which is just your feet and the ground. Do you have a story or an example of of how you've been able to use that with someone and how that was kind of powerful? Yeah, actually, at the demo day at the PGA show, we had the pleasure of Sandra Kohlberg, the five times world women long drive pro, come up to the body track tent. And um, I got her, Not this is not necessarily shot shaping, but it's a cool story. I got her on the body track and we looked at her trace and she lifted her left heel up very early in the swing, which was reducing her lead leg force and the timing of it as well was just before impact, which is no good because if you think about it, pushing into the ground just before impact, there's no time for that to get to the club. So, you know, we showed her the data and she was like, okay, I get it, I see. So I was like, try and, you know, squish the bug under that left heel as soon as you start that downswing, which then will generate that ground force that you need. And, you know, the girl bombs it, she hits it. I mean, I've never seen a woman hit it like that in my life. She hits it so far. I was like, you're awesome, but you can be even more awesome. So let's go. And I got her lead force fixed in five minutes. And I've got the data. I'm going to write a case study on it. I got her her force up from 1.8, sorry, 1.08 multiplied by body weight up to 1.8. So huge amount of lead leg force increase, which then she noticed the ball started to go a bit further, which was really nice. And, you know, a cool story to show that even the best in the world, even the longest hitters in the world, don't aren't aware of how they're interacting with the ground. And just by showing them that data and cueing them correctly, you can have them increase their force within minutes. I love that story where you can take something really technical, some piece of research, you can measure that with a student, you can notice a change, give them something really simple, some really good feedback, they can make a change and see results. Lots of cool stuff going on there. And I think there's a lot of great opportunity with what's going on with the ground for teachers and for students to make big gains with simple feedback. Okay, let's get back to the study on super speed sticks and how we're increasing speed. Now, what I did notice is that the pressure trace seems to have smoothed out. And if you've ever seen a body track pressure trace before, you'll see almost looking like a weather radar map of your of your feet. And this little ball in the center, it traces the average location of where you're pushing into the ground. And um, what can happen is, you know, your amateur players, they're going to have very a very sporadic trace. It's going to be um, not as smooth as your professionals. And what we're seeing after eight weeks of using super speed is that trace is actually smoothed out, which means that the transfer of energy is more efficient, essentially. Got it. But with, with regards to force, we haven't seen any increases. And um, the main reason for that is because 
there's different ways to train to increase your force capacity and super speed is more of a motor learning um it's training the brain instead of training the force so what i find quite interesting is that these subjects have actually managed to increase their club head speed without increasing their vertical force so it you begin to then think okay so if they're not increasing their vertical force but they're increasing their club head speed then you're thinking okay we're we're really tying the we're really filling the gap here with the information that we need to know that actually the brain has a lot more to do with the speed than we think and by training our brain to reconnect with our muscles in a faster way we're actually we're essentially brain training for speed it's coming from the brain body connection so when we when we swing a lighter instrument and it could be the same for any sporting motion it could be the same for sprinting instead of pulling them from behind we're now pulling them from the opposite end so it's pulling them towards the target naturally you can move faster so your brain's now thinking okay um it's receiving all this information i'm moving faster and then after 8 weeks or average of 6 to 8 weeks that new motor program or that new movement pattern is now fully ingrained and so essentially you don't need to increase your ground force to increase your club head speed it does help it does increase your club head speed but there are other ways to increase it without even touching the force so we're seeing this potential efficiency improvement that happens when this pressure trace smooths out the other aspect that daisy mentioned relating to center of pressure is the center of pressure velocity increasing so quick definition for you center of pressure is the point where the total sum of pressure field acts on a body causing a force to act through that point so it's looking at kind of uh, i don't know if it average is the right word but it's looking at the center point of the pressure for the lead and trail foot so both foots your your left and your right as well as a heel toe orientation so it's kind of that center point the center of the pressure duh i know anyways so we've got looking at how that changes in velocity before and after this eight week super speed training because that change in velocity has a big impact on that speed one thing that i i can suggest as a potential cause would be the the step drill i really like the step drill and you know as you take that club away you plant that lead leg down and that helps start the swing with the pelvis for a good kinematic sequence but what it also does is it it gives you that feeling of it transferring that weight faster from right to left and i believe that might be the main reason why the center of pressure velocity is increasing which in hand increases club head speed but we need to do some more testing to see if it's that drill specifically that's causing those increases one of the nice features about the body track is biofeedback so you can have the data there in front of them live and they see that graph and what we're looking for is that lateral shift so not heel to toe but laterally right to left on the downswing and what i cue my players to do is to try and keep the graph moving in more of a sawtooth motion so straight up straight down now that amount of vertical acceleration of the center of pressure velocity on the graph then translates to how efficiently they're moving. So something you'd see in an amateur player like a 25 28 handicapper is their center of pressure velocity graph the line is a bit skewed and all over the place and it's it's not very sharp or clean as per se. When you're looking at a pro 
their center of pressure velocity is sharp, clean, and it goes straight up and straight down, meaning there was no inhibition of that translating that energy from right to left because it's a nice, clean line. Now, what we've been seeing is for the better players and the longer players, not only do they have a faster center of pressure velocity, but it's actually more efficient in that the line on the graph is straighter. How do you get someone to improve that or, or what kind of cues have you had any luck getting people to improve that that trace? Yeah. So one thing I com- I see a lot is people struggle to get through to that lead side on their follow through. See quite a bit of hanging back. So one thing that I like to do is first just get them to do a walkthrough drill. So they hit and walk through towards a target. That at the beginning will encourage them to get that pressure across to their lead side, which is really important. And then from there, you can have them do that step drill. So they start the swing with their feet together. They take it back to the top. They plant their left foot and then they swing through. And that action, just like the baseball movement, is going to help with increasing your center of pressure velocity, which will translate to faster club head speeds. Is this the number one thing that that you're seeing as a direct correlation to faster speeds? Is this velocity increasing or are there there other factors that you care about when working with someone? Yeah. So when I'm working with someone, I generally target the ground force. So I'm, I'm looking to get that timing of that lead leg peak force when the shaft is vertical, just as Sasho found in his research. Then I will address the center of pressure velocity, but a lot of other things come into play with the center of pressure velocity. As I was talking about with that sharp, straighter line for the better players is because they've got a more efficient sequence. So if someone was swinging over the top, they wouldn't see a straight line for their center of pressure velocity. It would be slightly skewed. And so I may try and get them to sequence properly before I target increasing the speed of their center of pressure velocity. Do you see absolute shit golf swings and players have a really high center pressure velocity does that happen or no yes it does happen and it just means they're hitting the ball either miles right or miles left (laughs) so you have to pay attention to the club and what plane it's moving on as well which just has a lot to do with posture and torso rotation but they would have a really inefficient trace though it would be inefficient yes it wouldn't be a sharp straight line that combo when you see that high velocity and that efficient straight lines like you're talking about, that's going to be a good ball striker. Exactly. The thing that you see as an overlay with the same graph is you see the heel to toe motion for the center of pressure velocity. And just talking about, you know, your not so great players, they're going to see a lot more motion going from heel to toe. And that can be deemed as a means of bringing some inefficiency to the swing. So for some players, I would just have them look at that graph and just say, I don't want any heel to toe motion. So I want that orange line to stay nice and quiet. But the white line, which is the lateral motion left to right, I want to see nice, sharp lines. So that would be something that you would cue using center of pressure velocity graph. Is that feedback that most people can understand or is that really challenging for some people? Um, I find that a lot of people get it straight away. They Once they see the data and they see the effect of them moving in a certain way on the graph, they're like, okay, I've got it. I've seen that now and I know what I need to do. So they pick it up really quickly. I mean, I've had some people pick up new 
new changes in five minutes, whereas normally take an hour, mainly because they don't get that proprioceptive feedback, that data, that reassurance of what they're doing. All right. So we've covered a lot of what's going on that helps facilitate these speed increases. One more thing to touch on before we sign off, though. I also want to touch on the X-factor stretch um, and the shortening cycle. So the kneeling drill, one of the drills for super speed, you're actually going to be on your knees and swinging. Now, when you do this, you'll definitely feel that if, if you have tight hips or not, it pulls on those hip flexors. Now, one thing I wanted to address is the X factor stretch and how important that is to gain speed. Now, I wanted to touch on more the muscle activation side of it. So as our muscles contract, they lengthen and they shorten to generate energy. And as we rotate our torso and as we create that separation between our torso and our pelvis, we're stretching and lengthening our muscles. And at the start of the downswing, as you know, see the good players, they start the downswing with the pelvis and that creates that extra stretch. That's the X factor stretch. That stretch pulls on the muscles and as long as you don't leave too much time, so it needs to be a sharp, quick transition to the downswing, you're going to facilitate all the muscles, power and energy and be able to use that and translate that to the club head. So one tip that I could give in order to increase your X factor stretch would be to start the downswing with your hips to create that extra stretch. And that should then translate to the club head. What would be, so we've got the kneeling drill. What are some of the sensations? Like what are some of the things that help translate that concept, the kneeling drill? Like what, what awareness of, of, um, the body should we have to kind of see that happening? So when you're doing the kneeling drills, you just really want to be aggressive with your hips as well. So some of the common mistakes we see is just predominantly a torso swing. And you want to make sure you're really using that posterior tilt of your pelvis to translate the energy up to the club. But when you're doing it, you'll really feel that separation between your upper and lower body. And just working on that over time will help gain some mobility in your hips and allow the muscles to lengthen a little bit more to create that stretch shortening cycle to release the power. But there's there's some research out there that actually says that the X-factor stretch is harmful to your lumbar vertebrae. Hmm. There is a limit, you know, you don't want to increase the X factor stretch too much because, you know, bombing it every day, I mean, it's nice, but you want to be able to play for longer than five years. So the X factor stretch is a key component to increasing club head speed, but it can also leave you with some, a sore lower back if you're not swinging with the correct mechanics. What I'm talking about there is, for instance, if someone falls into reverse spine angle, now their torso's moving in two different planes And that can cause the lower back, the vertebrae to pinch against each other. Because if you can imagine stacking Lego bricks on top of each other and then twisting them and bending back at the same time is going to really cause some nasty compression on that lumbar vertebrae. So what you do to correct that is have their spine angle leaning slightly away from the target instead of falling towards the target. That keeps the spine moving in a rotational plane instead of rotating and bending at the same time. 
Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to the show. Big thank you to Daisy May Kenny for joining us and, and sharing her study that she's working on and so much info on what she's seeing with this. Uh, make sure to check out Super Speed. We have a link in the post along with this with some additional information. We've actually done a few things in the past with them as well as a video with Daisy May talking about how this protocol looks just so you can get a better idea. That is on the post along with this podcast. Make sure to check that out. If you want to make sure that you get notified of new posts and new content first, as well as our newsletter called The Dispatch, please join the Golf Science Lab Insider Group. You'll really enjoy that. That's at golfsciencelab.com slash insider. Get on that list. Uh, and this episode was hosted, written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. It was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.